Chapter Twenty Six of the Legacy of Cain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Legacy of Cain by Wilkie Collins. Chapter Twenty Six, Helena's Diary. The event of today began with the delivery of a message summoning me to my father's study. He had decided, too hastily as I feared that he was sufficiently recovered to resume his usual employments i was writing to his dictation when we were interrupted maria announced a visit from mr dunboyne hitherto philip had been content to send one of the servants of the hotel to make inquiry after mr gracedieu's health why had he now called personally noticing that father seemed to be annoyed i tried to make an opportunity of receiving philip myself let me see him i suggested i can easily say you are engaged very unwillingly as it was easy to see my father declined to allow this mr dunboyne's visit pays me a compliment he said and i must receive him i made a show of leaving the room and was called back to my chair this is not a private interview helena stay where you are philip came in handsomer than ever beautifully dressed and paid his respects to my father with his customary grace he was too well-bred to allow any visible signs of embarrassment to escape him but when he shook hands with me i felt a little trembling in his fingers through the delicate gloves which fitted him like a second skin was it the true object of his visit to try the experiment designed by eunice and myself and deferred by the postponement of our dinner-party impossible surely that my sister could have practised on his weakness and persuaded him to return to his first love i waited in breathless interest for his next words they were not worth listening to oh the poor commonplace creature i am glad mr gracedieu to see that you are well enough to be in your study again he said the writing materials on the table attracted his attention am i one of the idle people he asked with his charming smile who are always interrupting useful employment he spoke to my father and he was answered by my father not once had he addressed a word to me no not even when we shook hands i was angry enough to force him into taking some notice of me and to make an attempt to confuse him at the same time have you seen my sister i asked no it was the shortest reply that he could choose having flung it at me he still persisted in looking at my father and speaking to my father do you think of trying change of air mr gracedieu when you feel strong enough to travel my duties keep me here father answered and i cannot honestly say that i enjoy travelling i dislike manners and customs that are strange to me i don't find that hotels reward me for giving up the comforts of my own house how do you find the hotel here i submit to the hotel sir they are sad savages in the kitchen they put mushroom ketchup into their soup and mustard and cayenne pepper into their salads i am half starved at dinner-time but i don't complain every word he said was an offence to me with or without reason i attacked him again i have heard you acknowledge that the landlord and landlady are very obliging people i said why don't you ask them to let you make your own soup and mix your own salad i wondered whether i should succeed in attracting his notice after this 
even in these private pages my self-esteem finds it hard to confess what happened i succeeded in reminding philip that he had his reasons for requesting me to leave the room will you excuse me miss helena he said if i ask leave to speak to mr gracedieu in private the right thing for me to do was let me hope the thing that i did i rose and waited to see if my father would interfere he looked at philip with suspicion in his face as well as surprise may i ask he said coldly what is the object of the interview certainly philip answered when we are alone this cool reply placed my father between two alternatives he must either give way or be guilty of an act of rudeness to a guest in his own house the choice reserved for me was narrower still i had to decide between being told to go or going of my own accord of course i left them together the door which communicated with the next room was pulled to but not closed on the other side of it i found eunice listening i said in a whisper yes she whispered back you listen too i was so indignant with philip and so seriously interested in what was going on in the study that i yielded to temptation we both degraded ourselves we both listened eunice's base lover spoke first judging by the change in his voice he must have seen something in my father's face that daunted him eunice heard it too he's getting nervous she whispered he'll forget to say the right thing at the right time mr gracedieu philip began i wish to speak to you father interrupted him we are alone now mr dunboyne i want to know why you consult me in private i am anxious to consult you sir on a subject on what subject any religious difficulty no anything i can do for you in the town not at all if you will only allow me i am still waiting sir to know what it is about philip's voice suddenly became an angry voice once for all mr gracedieu he said will you let me speak it's about your daughter no more of it mr dunboyne my father was now as loud as philip i don't desire to hold a private conversation with you on the subject of my daughter if you have any personal objection to me sir be so good as to state it plainly you have no right to ask me to do that you refuse to do it positively you are not very civil mr gracedieu if i speak without ceremony mr dunboyne you have yourself to thank for it philip replied to this in a tone of savage irony you are a minister of religion and you are an old man two privileges and you presume on them both good morning i drew back into a corner just in time to escape discovery in the character of a listener eunice never moved when philip dashed into the room banging the door after him she threw herself impulsively on his breast oh philip philip what have you done why didn't you keep your temper did you hear what your father said to me he asked yes dear but you ought to have controlled yourself you ought indeed for my sake her arms were still round him it struck me that he felt her influence if you wish me to recover myself he said gently you had better let me go oh how cruel philip to leave me when i am so wretched why do you want to go 
you told me just now what i ought to do he answered still restraining himself if i am to get the better of my temper i must be left alone i never said anything about your temper darling didn't you tell me to control myself oh yes go back to papa and beg him to forgive you i'll see him damned first if ever a stupid girl deserved such an answer as this the girl was my sister i had hitherto with some difficulty refrained from interfering but when eunice tried to follow philip out of the house i could hesitate no longer i held her back you fool i said haven't you made mischief enough already what am i to do she burst out helplessly do what i told you to do yesterday wait before she could reply or i could say anything more the door that led to the landing was opened softly and slyly and miss jillgall peeped in eunice instantly left me and ran to the meddling old maid they whispered to each other miss jillgall's skinny arm encircled my sister's waist they disappeared together i was only too glad to get rid of them both and to take the opportunity of writing to philip i insisted on an explanation of his conduct while i was in the study to be given within an hour's time at a place which i appointed you are not to attempt to justify yourself in writing i added in conclusion let your reply merely inform me if you can keep the appointment the rest when we meet maria took the letter to the hotel with instructions to wait philip's reply reached me without delay it pledged him to justify himself as i had desired and to keep the appointment my own belief is that the event of today will decide his future and mine end of chapter twenty six